these three days in Charlotte, North Carolina, that there's a two-year follow-up project that's been put in place. It's called Servant Reality, and its whole purpose is to help students act upon their convention commitment. And we're pretty excited about what God is going to do during that time. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Apostle Paul tells us these words. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In a couple of months, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. We're going to be honoring the time when Christ came to earth to live amongst us as one of us, to go through everything that we went through, and then to pay the ultimate sacrifice that there would ever be paid for the penalty of sin. And for those of us who claim Christ as our Savior, who have chosen to follow him, Jesus Christ is the ultimate sacrifice for us, but he is not the last sacrifice. He's not the last sacrifice. And the Apostle Paul challenges us, for those of us who claim to be Christians, to claim to be believers, that we need to become living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual act of service, our spiritual act of worship. So what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? And does that whole concept even make any sense? How can a sacrifice be living? You see, Jesus Christ comes and he says, Offer everything of who you are back to me. All your dreams, your passions, your goals, your gifts, your abilities, your resources, offer them back in a life of ministry and service to me. Because that is your spiritual act of worship, your spiritual act of service. And why does Christ ask us to do that? Because he knows that as we lay our lives down as a living sacrifice, we will find the significance and the meaning in life that we have been searching for. Those, those first two verses in Romans, you've heard many times before. Verses 4 to 8 in that chapter, Romans chapter 12, say this. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. See, the body of Christ is one body but it is made up of many parts, and each part is significant. This morning, if you're here at Indiana Wesleyan University, and you are studying for full-time vocational ministry as a pastor, youth pastor, missionary, Christian ed, whatever the degree program you're in, but you are studying for full-time vocational ministry, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to invite you to stand quickly to your seats if you would, if you would just stand to your seats for a moment. I want to thank you for answering the call of God on your life. Clearly, at some point in your life, Jesus Christ made himself known to you, 
changed your life, and you yielded yourself to a life of ministry and service. You said, God, this is what I want to do with my life because you've done so much for me and because I believe you are calling me into your ministry. I yield my life willingly down before you as a living sacrifice. And I want to thank you for doing that this morning. I want to thank you for laying your life down as a living sacrifice. And I'd say to you this morning that you could never dream or imagine the plans that God has for you. He will use you beyond your wildest dreams and imaginations. Thank you for answering the call of God on your life. I'm going to ask you to remain standing. And if you're here at Indiana Wesleyan University and you're studying for another degree program, whatever it may be, but it's not full-time vocationally ministry-oriented, I'm just going to invite you to stand if you would stand here this morning. And that'll be the rest of you. As I look around, and you don't have the same vantage point as I do, everybody in this auditorium is standing here. And for many of you, you may have found a place of ministry and service. You may have come to a point in your life where you've realized, I must lay my life down as a living sacrifice. I must give everything of who I am to God in service and in ministry. I may be studying for something that may seem completely different. It may be business, it may be nursing, it may be education, it may be a host of different things, but I have recognized and realized that God wants to use me. If you have discovered that, then I want to encourage you to continue to pursue God's call of service on your life. If you haven't, I want to challenge you this morning that God needs you. Jesus Christ's plan to save this world involves you. You have gifts and abilities and talents that those who stood previous to you do not have. You have gifts in all kinds of areas, and you are an important part in the body of Christ. And we don't have a hope in this world of changing our world without you. You play a significant role. Charlotte 2003, the Servant Reality follow-up project to the convention, is all about challenging a generation of students with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The first, be consumed with who Christ is. The second of all, challenge them with a call to ministry and service, recognizing that each person plays an important part in the body of Christ, and then to help them be convinced that they have what it takes to change their world. Thanks very much. You may be seated. I'll be honest, I had to be honest with the first chapel. I'm a little bit hurt. Dell Jr., I'm a little bit hurt, all right? It's not Dell Jr., it's Josh Berry, but I call him Dell Jr., it's a long story. I'm a little bit hurt because, like, we've been to all the colleges, okay? And, and I, I, you know, I woke up, okay, I'm not gonna lie, but well, I was gonna tell another story, but that wouldn't be true. But we've been to all the other colleges, and, and we went to Oklahoma, that's good, it's a long drive, okay, 10 hours and 15 passenger, but we hooked up a PlayStation 2, so that was okay. And we did Owu, okay, and then we drove uh, to Houghton, anybody been to Houghton before? Houghton's a small town. We stayed in this hotel, what was it called, Brad? The Fillmore, dude, it was so old school, it was the craziest thing. Anyway, we went to Houghton, and we went to uh, SWU, and I went to IW four years, and I spent my last two years in the back row of the balcony. How you guys doing up in the mix up there, dude? That, that was my seat. 
<laughs> they got the not, I don't care stance. You know, they got the, once you shut up so we can go to class stance. That's good. But, and I was thinking we're going to come back to, to the woo and, and people would be off the hook and it'd be crazy because, I mean, it's IW. You know how it is. And in the first chapel, we play the video. And it's not the greatest video in the world, I know. But you got Adrian Dupree and some other guys and they didn't even, even talk about Miles McPherson and other guys. You got Switchfoot. I mean, who's better than Switchfoot right now? And then, I mean, it's super tones and that's good. And what, but it's like, it, it continues. But then it's like, I hear a little bit of this kind of like, it's like Switchfoot. I mean, are we okay or what? I mean, I know I'm high on caffeine. I had a venti of coffee this morning from Starbucks, okay? And I'm, I, I'm wired, okay? So I'll yell and scream or whatever, but I mean, you guys got the coffee shop? We didn't have that kind of coffee shop. I mean, drink coffee, something, wake up, do, I mean. It's okay, golly, man, come on. It's so good. And here's where I'm going to take it easy on because I understand that you don't really understand what's up exactly with Charlotte because it's just like another convention and you get mailers and things all the time. It's, come to this convention. Come to our thing. We're doing something. And you're like, I don't have any money. I'm not going to Charlotte, so I'm not going to scream and yell for whoever's on the video. I don't really care. And I understand that. Who's ever been to a Westland Youth and Young Adult Conference before? Okay. Who's ever been to another conference before? I mean, some kind of convention. Okay, we've all done it. And it's, it's good days, right? You go and it's fun and, and, you, and you have fun and you mess up at the hotel and you do whatever. And, and then you, you do, you know, the, the hotel rooms that are across from you, do the flashlight, Morse code thing or whatever, okay? And then you go and, and maybe there's happen, something happens at the end and, and the speaker, he, he's, he, the Holy Spirit comes, and then you go up and then you're at the altar and you're crying and maybe you cut off the bracelet and you throw it on the stage or whatever you do right and then you look back and you're like man back in 96 man when we were wherever it was when it was and it's it's this event singular event that you look back on you're like that's when God did something good and that's great and I don't want to discredit that but what I'm excited about with C3 is, is I think we're kind of going a different direction with it and, and, and not making it this this singular thing where we come and we're there and it's good and then we leave and it was over but it becomes a, a catalyst, a catalyst event in our life that pushes us forward and puts us on a track of what God really wants to do right now in America and through your lives and through the Wesleyan Church. My name is Darren Earlywine. I'm the pastor of a church down in Indianapolis called The Crux. And, um, and I'm also helping with the young adult stuff at Charlotte. And, and I'm not doing it because I needed something else to do and I wanted to travel to Houghton, New York on, a, you know, that wasn't why. Um, it's because I truly believe that there's a need right now in the church of Jesus Christ that grieves the heart of God a little bit. Because, see, I work in, in the crux is basically a young adult church. It's all college students and young families. And, and the deal is that I noticed as before we did start the crux was that there was something going on in the church. It was that we were kind of going and we did children's church and we all learned all the Bible stories and the cool songs and the things like that. And then we went and we did high school and we did, you know, chubby bunnies and whatever throw up contests. And we learned about a lot of things in youth group. We did things. And then we came to college. And then afterwards, we went back out in the church. It was like either we go help with the youth or we go and we go hang out with the best years fellowship. Okay. And we're taking bus trips to Branson, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> and we're seeing one of the Mandrell sisters that wasn't even really famous. You know what I mean? It's like, who are the Mandrells anyways? What you're thinking right now, right? Okay. So anyway, you're thinking to yourself, why would I want to be involved in the church and the church I went to? It's not really for me. And there's nothing there for me to do. And so I'm not even going to do that anymore. And so our whole generation, our, our, our demographic when the church of Jesus Christ is minimal. It almost doesn't exist. 
And I started thinking to myself, why is it that probably the most dynamic, with the most freedom, with the most free time, the newest ideas, the most creativity, the, the freshest education, why is that generation not doing anything within the body of Christ? What's going on? And the reality is it's more than we can talk about today in chapel. I think it has a lot to do with the church doesn't realize the gift it has in young adults. But secondly, what we can talk about a little bit this morning is I don't think us as young adults know what we have to bring to the church or that the church really needs us. I stumbled across a passage of scripture a year or so ago in Second Peter. If your Bibles open up to Second Peter one with, with me real quick, because I was reading a book and it was talking about the fact that the kingdom of God and that the Church of Jesus Christ is not an organization like like IBM or something else. But the reality is the Church of Jesus Christ is a living spiritual organism because it's full of people. It's not a force. I mean, it's not a fortress with these walls. It's a force of God's spirit moving through this, this, this country, this world. And it's full of individuals whose God's spirit lives within. And so if it's a living spiritual organism, it should be alive and dynamic and growing. And I stumbled across this passage of scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-5, through 5, and it said this. It said, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him, who called us by His own glory and goodness. It says, Through these He's given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them... You may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. That's a powerful statement, isn't it? That when we begin a relationship with Jesus Christ and our spirits come alive and we are reborn, we are given everything we need for a life and godliness. I began to think for a minute and say, well, I want to understand this better. What, is there a physical parallel to this idea of being given everything I need in my spirit for life and godliness? What is that? And so I asked some of my pre-med friends and they helped me talk through it. And they said, you know what? That sounds a lot like maybe God has developed something within you called your spiritual DNA. Because see, in your physical life, you have something called DNA. We know, we know what DNA is, okay? And, and within each Whatever it is, I'm not, I don't know science, okay? And I, I told the first time, I can't even do basic math. I failed math three times here at IW, okay? Don't do that because it costs like 900 bucks a class or whatever. So I'm still paying for my failures in math. But, but I don't even understand science, but I understand that in each of those things of DNA, what you have is, is all the information of what makes you you is in every single cell of your DNA. Every single little cell of your body has all the information to make you you. To make you short, tall, red hair, green hair, no one has green hair, uh, brown hair, blonde hair, whatever it is, or your fingernails, everything is in each cell of your DNA. And what God does is he just turns on the right switches in there and puts together some amino acids and then they become proteins and all of a sudden you, things happen, you become you. And every one of us is unique, correct? Like, look at us. I mean, look at this guy. I'm just kidding, dude, I didn't know you were. <laughs> That's, you shouldn't do that kind of thing, I'm sorry. I love you, dude. But, I mean, we're all unique, right? And so then I read this and I say, wait a second, it sounds like that God has developed a spiritual DNA within each of us. And that, that as unique as we are physically in, in, in our lives, as regular in, in, in living, we should be just that unique within the body of Christ. 
But then I started thinking, it's like, but how come I could probably count about the five things that you could be within the church, right? It's like you're the Sunday school teacher or you're the singer or you're the, uh, you take up the offering or, or, you know, you're the pastor or whatever. It's like if you can't, if you don't do one of those well, you're not really in with the mix of what's happening. You know, it's not really a place for you. And really the guy that's been doing it since he was, since like 1902, he's really the guy that's going to be doing that. So you wait your turn till he dies and, and then maybe you get a shot, right? And then people our age or younger, we get the shot at Junior Usher, right? Like on, on Youth Week, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm going to let you carry the place today. You know what I mean? And you're thinking, wait a second, I'm in college and I'm spending loads of money to become this, this person that's educated. And I have all these crazy ideas and, and I see the church and I think, wouldn't it be cool if we could do this and this and this? But I don't see how that fits in. That's what I began to see about three years ago. And, and so we tried to kind of address that and started a ministry called The Crux. And, and now well, I'm seeing people who, who didn't really like church or know anything about church finding ways to do new and different stuff. We have one guy that's a computer programmer guy and he uses all these words that I don't ever even understand. It makes me feel really stupid. But he's writing some new program for us to be able to track church people and things and, and do better church stuff. <laughs> He uses words like applications and, and motherboards and things. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I don't know, but it's good. And I don't know any of the churches that are doing it because you want to know why? Because no one else has that guy in their church. So wouldn't it make sense that if he's unique and he's in our part of our community, that what he's doing should be unique to what's going on, correct? So in theory... We got, what, 200, 300, how many people are here today? If you're all in a church, the church should look like about 300 ways unique. Am I right? And so at Charlotte 2003, what we're trying to do with the young adult mix is the first time we've had like a thing where it's really super focused on young adults. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good, okay? We got this guy, Bruce Bugby, coming, and he's going to spend the afternoons with us. And he's going to take us through a discovery journey of finding our spiritual gifts and what God's gifted us in in the body. And he's going to take us through a journey of finding our passions within the kingdom and tying in with those and how that works with our personality and personal style. So that what my vision for this is and what I hope to see is, is maybe we only get five or ten, okay? But maybe we get a hundred people. Maybe we get 500 people. They'll walk out of Charlotte and they say, you know what? I'm going to go start a new church somewhere. Or you know what, even though my home church doesn't look like a church that I'd like to go to, I'm going to be committed to what God's doing in this world. I'm going to go be my part of that, of that spiritual organism, that body, and help reinvent and bring new life to that. Why? Because the local church is God's answer for this world. And dudes, I've, I was just here, I graduated in 2000. And so I know when I'm in college and I'm looking at the way the church is and then when you're here and if you're a mission major, you know how to fix the church, you know, and you come and tell you what I do, you know what I mean? Because you're getting all these great ideas and that's good and write all those down and keep them. But a lot of what I, what I sensed when I was in college and maybe where some of you are is like, man, church is old and boring. And I don't want, want to go to it. And I don't really want to be involved in it. Maybe I can find a parachurch organization or join the Peace Corps. Or, not that those things are bad. But where are the new ideas and where are the new revivals and where are the new innovation and where is the great creativity and where is it going to come to where the church becomes an all-inspiring force of Jesus Christ in this world? Amen. It's going to come from us. 
because God's giving you new ideas, new innovations in ministry, new ways to reach people for Christ, new ways to share the gospel, new ways to inspire the world as a salt and light. And that's found within the local church. And I hope that we can reignite a passion and desire within our generation for that. Because I believe it's what God's heart beats for. I just want to challenge you guys. That Charlotte, I know it costs like 185 bucks and we're really late in the game getting here. So like to get that price, you've got to register by like Saturday, but you don't have to pay the whole amount then. And I know you don't have money and just going to get some Krispy Kreme and a handy Andy drink is like stretching your budget. Let's be honest, your parents have money. Come on, you know what I mean? Your grandma, somebody's got money to send you to Charlotte. But you don't have to go to Charlotte to, to get in on what God wants to do through you and the body of Christ. Brad and the interns and us, we're going to be at the, at the commons here. And we want to talk to you guys about servant reality. A thing that the Wesleyan Church is putting into, into play so that we can find young adults and college students and students and get them equipped with what it means to be a part of the body and then find churches around the country and say, here, here, go here and serve. Here, be a part of this. Because as Brad said, the way you find your life, the way you find it is what Christ did is by losing it, by laying it down as a living sacrifice. Many parts, one body, a force, an unstoppable force of Jesus Christ, which the gates of hell will not prevail against. If you don't come to Charlotte, it's okay, but, but do. You won't regret it. If you can't come to Charlotte, find out about servant reality. If you don't, dig into his word and seek and say, God, I'm unique. I know that. How do I fit within the kingdom? And seek until you find that. Because it's what you were created for. Amen.